0: And some people feel more comfortable dusting it under the rug because it doesn't affect their business. It doesn't affect their livelihood. It doesn't affect anything that they're doing. They don't have to deal. But I think it's important to really understand and know your history.
1: Get ready to receive your miracle. Whether you desire a miracle in your finances, relationships, or purpose, you'll find guidance here. Miracle-Minded is designed to move you out of your head and into the realm of faith, manifestation, and miracles. These conversations will inspire you to move beyond limitation and into alignment with your highest and infinite self. I'm your host, Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author, spiritual coach, and modern miracle worker. But it wasn't always this way. My path was one of violent abuse, addiction, and mental health diagnosis terrified of spending my life that way I turned within and surrendered to miracles my struggle as a single mama on welfare to building a half a million dollar business living and thriving in my purpose now I'm here to support you in sparking miracles in your life are you ready let's get started right so I'm so excited to share my friend Kylie with you you may recognize her face from the Harmonious Hustle promotional materials because she was one of my models with me but also she and her mom were at Harmonious Hustle 2019 and you may just know her from there or this may be the first time hearing from her but I'm just so grateful for her presence friendship in my life so is Chanel because I know that Chanel loves herself some Kylie and (laughs) uh, you have to hear what Kylie has to say Because her and I just randomly talked the other day, I was, you know, listening to what she was sharing, and I was just like, damn, like, we know what's happening in these race conversations. We know what's happening. Um, You know, we're seeing it on the internet, but every time I have my own personal experience from someone I care about, it's like, it just broadens my perspective and also, like, touches my heart even more. So, Kylie, welcome to Miracle Minded. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me like, just from your perspective, what was it like, like waking up or, you know, whenever you saw George Floyd, I mean, it's been like stacking new things. Like it seemed yeah. like for weeks, a few weeks that were just another murder, another thing. Like, what was it? Did you feel in your body that day, like something needs to change? Cause I know I felt that as a white woman, what were you feeling? Yeah. You know, I think it went back to uh, the
0: case with Ahmad Aubrey first, and then that was like, "Wow!" Like they really just gunned down this man as he was jogging. Like, what entitlement? So there was already some fury from there. Then what really, really, really fueled me was because, sadly enough, the situation with Ahmad, like that, was something that we've seen before. And none of this is new, like we've seen this before, but that situation was like, well, here we go again. Then the situation happened with, there was, I can't remember her name. I like probably just blanked it out on purpose. But um, the lady that called the police and pretended to be in distress because the black guy asked her to put her dog on the leash, which was already the rules of the park. That like really, 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 really pissed me off. Like that, for some reason, that sent like such a fire to me. Like I was already really, really pissed about that. Yeah. Then there was the Floyd situation. And that it was just like the icing on the cake. I think from that point, it becomes, it goes from like sad, like, wow, why? To just anger. And you're just so upset that this is happening again. And then I think even to follow that, it's the first thing that hits your mind is they'll probably get off. The cops will probably get off for that. Um, So that was really, uh, it, it was like a triple whammy. And you're sitting at home, you're thinking about all of these kind of these things. You're already stressed out because of COVID and all these other things going on in the world. And then you see that, and it's like the level of anxiety is just through the roof right now.
1: I think, like you bringing up, I think, I don't know that lady's name. Yeah. It was Amy, but I think the guy's name is Chris Cooper. That mm-hmm. was right? the one with the dog park. Now I just want to point this difference between you seeing this and then my friend Brian, uh, Brian Johnson saw this. He shared it on his Instagram. That was the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what happened? I don't get it. Like, I was confused. Now, this is just me through my white lens mm-hmm. that i like, if some guy was tripping on me in the park, I'd be scared too. So I, <laughs> I didn't know, like, the context of it. So I reached out to him and I was like, what's her, what is it? And that was the first time. And then afterwards, number one, I was like, this lady is choking her dog. Like, what's happening? So I started, like, unpacking more. Right. And I got it because I didn't realize that he just asked her to put it. He asked her to put the dog on the leash. And I feel the same way, like I, so then it it hit me, but at first that was just goes to show where I was just like, what's even happening? Like, what's going on? Um, But I would say like, what you mentioned about, they're probably gonna get off. Mm -hmm. I noticed for me, what I was guilty of is that there's like not never a time that any of this was okay. Mm -hmm. But it's almost as if I open my phone for the day, I see whatever murder had happened, Mm -hmm some injustice it hurts I don't even want to watch it because I'm like I don't want to deal with the grief of that right now I have things to do which is selfish to say and then it's like what can we do it's almost like a helplessness of like no one's doing anything and that's just way that it goes now
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah and that's I think that what
0: is spiking the anger right now is that again like I said nothing about either one of these three situations is new nothing at all um, even the, even if like the cops completely get away with it, that's not new. I yeah. think where the anger comes from is that this is allowed to continue to happen. And it's okay for people to say, well, they went to trial or, well, they were doing this or, well, they look suspicious or, well, he stopped it. He walked through a house or well, it was a citizen's arrest. Well, I have a right to carry a gun. Well, I have a right to be in fear. Like, it's all of these things that uh, the dismissiveness is what really is, is what, in my opinion, is, is really fueling the Black Lives Matter. It's really fueling the anger. It's like, how many times do people have to die for and, and be dismissed? And how many times do does our experience as Black people or just as people have to be dismissed? And what it makes me think about is, um, you know, all of these things, and we talked about a, a little bit about this with Michael Beckwith um, the other day, when we were saying, you know, you never know when it's your time to show up, right? And the experiences that I've been having, you know, just in my life, so just for a little bit of background, like, grew up, in the hood, in South Central, like in a sh- pretty shady neighborhood, but also had the experience of my entire life going to private school. So now there is a mixture and a blend of people. Now I'm going to people's houses, my friend's houses, and their parents are doctors and lawyers and engineers, and there's all these things going on, right? So I see a different perspective, but I think that what, from my experience, I see it happen with Rodney King and the L.A. riots, right? So that was like my first experience. The riots happened in my neighborhood, right? Now I'm an adult. I live in the suburbs of Los Angeles, and there's, my neighborhood perfectly quiet. No Black Lives Matter. It's like no chanting, nothing. Like my neighbors aren't talking about it. There's nothing going on. And it's just very interesting to see, you know, how some people dismiss or pass it it on like, oh, that's not, it's not happening right now, or, oh, it doesn't affect us. And what I am proud of to see is there's so many people that are not Black that are saying, okay, now wait, my goodness, this is enough. Like, you know, people like you that are holding platforms and saying, hey,
1: like, What can we do? How can we show up for you? How does it feel when, throughout all this, when you have white friends, colleagues, clients that just have not said their stance at all? It's just been totally just like business as usual.
0: Yeah. Woo! It is, you know, my husband and I, we joke about this all the time. And he'll come to me and he'll say, well, it's been 14 days. So and so hasn't said anything. Delete.
2: <laughs> and, oh my god!
0: <laughs> <but> seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we kind of have this thing where we're like, "Whoa, so and so, like, that's my friend. They never said anything. Like, I can't believe this person did not show up. Like, I can't believe you have nothing to say. Like, you know, like you who loves to go do all the hip hop stuff and loves to go to the basketball games and loves to like." you know, do all these things and engage with us culturally. It's so funny and ironic how you have nothing to say. You're so silent. And that is hurtful. It's hurtful because, you know, there was a Me Too movement where I feel like my colleagues at work or other men that I know, some of them were really sensitive. And I noticed they kind of walk on eggshells about like what to say, how to say it. even as a mom, I find that, you know, leaders within my office, they'll say, um, oh, you know, I don't want to offend you by, you know, referring to you just as a mom. I know you're so much more than that. And I'm like, I know, I don't need you to go through my list. Like, I know who I am and what I represent. I'm not just a mom. But it's just funny how at least, you know, people, some people try to hold a space or they try to um engage and be comfortable with this I feel like people truly don't know what to say and I sympathize with not understanding what to say I don't sympathize with not asking I feel like we're all grown adults here and if you don't know something Google is just very simple it's very easy to look on Instagram it's very easy to look at other leaders black white whomever that, and see kind of what they're doing and say, okay, well, I like that. That feels good to me. Let's do that. But to do nothing and know that you have the power to do something. I saw something the other day that said, you know, when the world listens, how do I say? Oh, when the world listens to women, it listens to white women. I saw that too.
1: The share the mic situation. Which
0: situation. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like that is, so true. To me, I said, that is so true. Like that is, because how, how long have you been talking about the same thing? Yeah. You know, when Black Lives Matter first started, people looked at it like, oh my gosh, those are those like Black power people and they're so radical and they're so loud. And I remember there was a picture of a Black Lives movement standing on top of the Bay Area and the bridge. They're standing on top of the Bay Bridge and they shut the bridge down. And people had so many negative things to say, but now I see more white people with Black Lives Matter the signs and t-shirts than I, yeah. than I have. Yeah, that
1: too. But you also know? like the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick, like it was like put people into this fight of, yeah. no, this is wrong, this is this, this is disrespecting our country. And it's like, it is like whatever, it's like when a black voice, from my perspective, I, when I see a black voice stand up and say, this is not right they're looked at as like causing trouble or yeah. like creating a problem and then when white people do it we also put ourselves in that perspective where then people are like now you're causing trouble <laughs> no we're actually standing up for something that needs a change but yeah. you know that's something yeah. else yeah so i think you know i think
0: it's very important for you know all women all people whatever group that you represent to for this, to stand up for this, I think it's even more critical for people to go back and really understand the history. I think that a lot of what I've been kind of feeling in my heart, like in the last couple of days, especially, is that the more that you know and the more involved you are with the real history of the United States, the more you understand why we need so much support as Black people why black people have to fight and scream and stand on top of tables, why we have to shake and move and burn things up for people to really understand what we're talking about and how serious this conversation is. Because when the protest happens and it's just in my old neighborhood, nobody listens. The minute you cross Fairfax and you go over to Beverly Beverly Hills, people are afraid. People say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) What's going on? It's getting louder. It's getting bigger. And That is huge. That's so huge. The same way that we fight for for feminism, the same way we fight for anyone's rights, for gay rights. I mean, there was just gay rights protests. I mean, we just got to the point where people could be married. Yeah, Something so simple. And it doesn't matter. I'm Christian. You know, the Bible says that is not okay. Okay, that's what the Bible says, but that really has nothing to do with me. Like, I... To me, I'm like, live your life, get married, have a great life. I am more of an advocate for people living the way that they want to live and being who they want to be and being comfortable. And I can only imagine, thank God I could, I could live in the suburbs, I could choose where I want to live, I could still walk down the street. There is fear, but it's, it is better, but it's not much. The racism and the, the racism is systematic, so it's the same it just has a different picture on it. It looks different. But, you know, I'm a, I appreciate that my children and that I and my husband, we have some rights, but we all know that we are hugely disadvantaged as a people. And it just looks different. It's there. It just looks different. And some people feel more comfortable dusting it under the rug because it doesn't affect their business. It doesn't affect their livelihood. It doesn't affect anything that they're doing, they don't have to deal. But I think it's important to
1: really understand and know your history. So speaking of all this, I think this is what's really great is like you and Carell, uh, Kylie's husband, mm-hmm. like you guys will do the work. You always are doing the work. Ever since I met you all, before you even had your kids, you're like always reading all the books and working on money mindset and having great things, but then just knowing that like, yes, even if I'm setting out to thrive as a people, as a whole, yeah. this stuff is happening. And I think that's what we need to look at as the white community is like, for me personally, all my black friends are thriving. Some of them multimillionaires. Like, so mm-hmm. I look at them and I'm like, you're, yeah, they're great. They're doing the work, but there is a level of extra fight that they have to put in an extra effort to do the same things that, you know, a white person may do. Absolutely. Um, because of the things that are put out there in the world and um, the way that, you know, just the unconscious biases. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's so true. Um, you know, it's something that we all just, we literally walk around with from the time that you're a little kid. And I'll share my, my first experience with uh, racism as it relates to the cops. But we, we deal with this and we carry this all the time every day it doesn't stop it didn't just show up just because a couple of people had got murdered uh recently in recent times it happens all the time and it's frustrating but we have to learn how to deal we can't just come and lean on all of our you know white friends asian friends and uh, and our other friends and say oh my god it's so hard for me right now we have to just deal and we have to persevere which we've done right? Mm-hmm. And proven that we, we can do that, even with everything against us. But it's true. It's always a fight. It's always, I've always been taught from the time I was a little kid, you are going to have to work 10 times harder to get to wherever you go. And within our own culture, the darker you are, the harder you have to work, mm-hmm. you know? which, you know, that's a whole other story, but it's, it's so deeply ingrained. But Right now, you know, Black women are introducing white women to what we've been enduring our entire lives, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it literally is from the time that you're a little kid, every single Black person that I know has experienced racism on some level, has felt um, or has made, had a comment made to them about why did your hair do this? Or like, what are you, what are you doing that for? Why do you guys um you know, eat that or do that, and it's it's always that feeling, especially going to private schools where it's so mixed, and you are definitely the minority. Yeah, but um, you know, it, it's just always a struggle. We just learn how to how to deal. you I think so heavy.
1: <laughs> that's important, like for how we have to educate ourselves. And I love how movies, like people are like independent filmmakers, are showing up because black. Who aren't picked for the big roles and especially Black women, like that's been a whole thing that they've been fighting against like in that industry. But like Queen and Slam or The Hate You Give, like these are heartbreaking things because you just see that this is how it is. Like one little thing and you're a danger because of the color of your skin because so many people have these unconscious bias that color, like a Black is danger or has a gun or something. And earlier you mentioned something That's interesting. That I think that people need to really unpack because people, white people mostly, are always talking about like we have the right to uh, carry guns. I really don't feel like black people do. If a black person has a gun, and we just saw this with the COVID thing, like all of these white people fighting over, I don't want to wear my mask. I want my business to open with guns. Meanwhile, uh, Philando Castile—is that how you say his name? said I had a gun, didn't touch his gun and gets killed by the police. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
0: it is so deeply ingrained that we are a threat and that for the black woman, it's that she is allowed, she's going to fight you or be aggressive or, you know, out talk you or something like that. So there's always that that'll on. For the men, especially, it's the aggressor which is so interesting that we show up in that way when we've been the one that has been uh, kind of the subservient one for so many times in history, right? Like, we were owned by slaves. My great-great-great-grandparents were owned by slaves. Like, my great-grandmother, who my, my mom and I were just talking about this, she's like, this is a person that you met before because I was a baby when she was around she was she worked for a white family that produced and made movies and there was still that battle that was only a couple of generations ago like that it's not that many people in between us you know so it's just so deeply rooted that some people generationally can't get over that and i understand that that is not going to change overnight at all and I think that's going to take a while. I think that all of this is a big step if we can get some change and we can start to see the system change. But until the system changes and the people that run the system, until those people change and the people that are up there don't necessarily always look like white men who have those same generational backgrounds, then it's not going to change. Unfortunately, it's, it's going to stay the same because- Some of those people are afraid of what will happen if enough Black people are in power, are in leadership, are doing normal things that everybody else wants to do. And that's the scary part.
1: So, and I think about too, it's like the generations had to kind of like die off. But not only that, we have to start questioning our beliefs, the things that we picked up from our family, for those of us that have that, and just say, this doesn't work for me. And I think that's what's happening now with this generation, why we see so many white people like clapping back and saying, this isn't gonna work. I see people calling out their relatives and they're like, I'm not available for your racist jokes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's powerful to do that on Facebook and platforms like that. And I see their family members hitting them in the comments, like, we could talk about this in a private DM. And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> like, love that. We need, like, that's what needs to happen, you know? And I think it was just all like boiling up to the surface. And, um, I feel like that's just really powerful. You were just saying something that made me think of something, but I'm just curious. Somebody asked me this, one of my clients last night, who's a black woman in my group. And she was asking about having some like harbored resentment towards her like Caucasian friend as she, that was her words, uh, that supports Trump. Mm. How do you feel if someone supports Trump? Do you view, view them as off the bat the racist and or like these are not my people i'm curious cuz i even i was having my own thing with this so yeah that's an interesting one
0: too because you know we have black relatives that also vote for trump and are trump supporters and Still, this round yeah um so that's you know it's always a very interesting with trump because you know the question becomes how can you support someone who is so divisive right and not just about race but really just about everything if you just look at his whole package and you think even if he had like a few good politics in there they're so outshadowed by all of the negative energies and the negative things that come along with him the fact that he's willing to just dismiss people and you know, what my experience with Trump, because, you know, my husband follows him through just from real estate, just as someone who knows real estate, like, my experience with him has always been, like, the way that he speaks about, like, Mexican American, Americans or immigrants, not yeah. just Black people. It's just, how do you get behind someone whose thoughts and ideals are like that? So I don't necessarily harbor resentment, because who you vote for is who you vote for but it does tell me a couple of things about you about it, it. lets me know a little bit about your character. I have like a really good friend. He's actually, I, he's a, uh, my husband's friend, he's friend, he's and you know, he's become my friend. Like he's become like family, but he's a Trump supporter. And he didn't, he also didn't have very much to say about all of this that's going on in the last couple of weeks, which is also interesting. I think he threw up like, the black um, picture on Instagram,
1: you know. You lean one way a little bit.
0: (laughs) I think some people are trying to find their space in that and they say, okay, well, I'm going to do this to say I come in peace, but I don't really want to get involved in that. And that's a character move to me. That's more than it is like you supporting Trump. I don't really lean on that. I just think maybe there's something that Trump is doing that's working for you. But again, it definitely tells me about your character because I don't understand from a human perspective A, how you could get behind him and B, you know, how can you not support other human beings that when you have the voice, yeah. you have the voice. If you're, especially if you're a white male, you have a voice, you know, and you have a way, even like my my Asian friends, they're like, you know, what can I do? What, where can we go? Can we go, um... Uh, you know, protest together, and they're, like, all excited. I'm like, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. They're, they're out there, and they're ready to go. But, you know, I just, and, and they have a voice, you know? So my thing more than, more than Trump is I don't judge you on who you vote for, but, you know, I definitely think that in this election specifically, it is so important to vote not only for our president, but for Congress, for everyone who can make a change. And I feel like if you are a woman, especially, because I feel like women, we just hear and we see things differently than men do. I feel like you should be ready to go to make that change. You know, make sure you are registered to vote. Make sure you know who the people are around, like who's going to be impacting not only your business, because that's just one small part of it, you know, um, but everything else, the way we move, the way we go to the doctor, the way we feed our children, who has access to these things? Is yeah. it just affecting one group of people or is it affecting all of us? These are human issues. And I think that's how we need to look at politics, um, not only from a political standpoint, but from a human standpoint.
1: I love that because it's really, and that's the thing, it's really, um, I think what's getting our country so in trouble, and likely it's always been like this, I don't know. But the fact that we're on this, like, what side are you on? And it's just two sides versus like really tuning in to what is here and needs to be felt. But I was curious about that because the Trump thing is interesting, especially today. I saw the news that Nike made Juneteenth a paid holiday. Yeah. yeah. Trump is holding his turn to rally on that day. So it's yeah. like there's just these moves that are just like so many people. Like, he- But my CPA is also a black man and he voted for Trump and he's proud of it, but he did it because of corporate taxes and those things. So I think it really just comes down to that. And like you said, women, we are like really the intuitive healers, the nurturers of this planet. And we are being called to have a voice and to listen and to have that discernment. So that's why I think it's so important that black women especially are being uplifted in this conversation. in that way absolutely
0: um because really it affects all of us um you know i just had this huge debate with i was talking about my the this mom group that i was in that i'm no longer a part of
1: but (laughs) well wait tell us first before you Uh go into this because it happened the other day to this podcast (laughs) because (laughs) kylie and i and i just want to preface this so like kylie and i have been having these conversations for a long time forever When, like when I didn't even believe I had white privilege I was just like I mean Kylie knows my life I was just like privilege, like <laughs> this is white privilege no. yeah. but, like, I didn't understand the difference of like I like I have all these bad things that happen but my skin color is not one of them or the reason for any of them and then I remember coming to you with the cultural appropriation conversation yeah like Kylie and I have always had these conversations and um she always just like fills me in to like what it's like from her perspective and I just respect that so the other day when she filled me in on these women's group now are these mom groups groups on Facebook are they groups that you've been in for the whole time that you've been a mom like tell me more about the group
0: yeah so um this one I've been I started in about I think it was like last September or October somewhere around there um so towards the end of the year last year um which is so ironic it was actually suggested to me through like a guy first of all whose wife is in a group in another chapter but he was like you know what it's a Christian group and like it, it seems to have like a good fellowship now just like I'm like I said before I'm a Christian but I'm not like you know like I'm not throwing the Bible at people all the time, like joining all the Christian groups. It's just, it's just and not all. And
1: would be friends with someone like me still. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, that <laughs> not <my deal."
2: laughs> But that Christian group in the beginning,
0: I thought, um, this is probably, I, I don't know if they're going to, like life, I don't know. <laughs> I don't sure have a lot to time. say, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it ended up being really good for my spirit and what I needed at that time. Because what I was looking forward to was diversity. I knew this group wasn't going to have a lot of people that look like me, but I was hoping it had at least a few. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few other black groups that I could have joined, but I said, "Let me start here and just kind of get some diversity, so I can." I wanted to understand, like, perspectives of other moms. So that was why I joined. Um, I got there. I went to a few, and it was very different. I was like, oh, this is way different. It was a lot of, like, baking cherry pies or apple pies or whatever and sewing things and doing things for the homeless. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, all right, whatever. Like, I I can do that. Um, But I really liked the social gathering and I needed to be around some other people who had toddlers that kind of got it, you know? So that was that. Um, So it hasn't been that long. I stopped going to the group. Um, So if I started in, let's say, October, I started, I ended in December. And so it wasn't very long. And the reason for that was because there was one this just ties everything in there was one particular day where we had a group session we're all sitting around and the conversation was something like well you know what's kind of on your mind at the time i was looking to change schools for my kids my kids are 2 and 3 and i was looking to find another school for them and i was just asking some of the other moms like hey in the area what have you seen what's your idea on private school versus public school the whole night and i said you know it's really important to me that my daughter especially is in a classroom where there are people who look like her i do not want her although i appreciate diversity i do not want her to feel like she needs to be anything other than who she is or change at all because other people don't look like her and that is my fear as a black mom so it's kind of looking for you know what people kind of thought about that where have they seen some diversity in different schools and one of the ladies said to me, I'll never forget this. Um, but she said to me, like, oh, you know, um, you don't have to worry about that because, you know, racism isn't really like what it was, like how it used to be. So you don't have to worry about that. What she didn't know is that maybe about a month before that, Corel had been pulled over in our neighborhood. And we have a rule that every time, Simon rule, it kind of happened organically, every time. Someone gets pulled over. It's always him. It's never me. But every time someone gets pulled over, immediately we call each other and we just sit on the phone and listen to the whole conversation with the cop, something that we just do with black people, you know? So um, he got pulled over and it was just a long, drawn out process. Thank God nothing happened. He did get a ticket, but it was just, you know, that had happened. And we already kind of had that fear because he's been pulled over so many times in our neighborhood for absolutely nothing. So, you know, she didn't really understand. I know she didn't understand the, of my background, what I go through. She kind of just lives her life and, you know, bakes new dishes for people who come in her neighborhood and yeah. like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And she lives in this privileged world and it was, it just stood out right there. And immediately when she said that to me, before I could even get a word out, another lady, who's this um, kind of an older Hispanic lady, she reached in and said, "Wow, that is the privilege that you have as a white woman, where you don't even hear what you just said to her." And thank, thank goodness, like I didn't really have to say much in that conversation, but you know, I did let her know, like this is a real thing. Like I need for my daughter, my daughter has this curly, coily hair, and she wears a little afros and stuff, and. I, I need her to not come home and say, mom, I want to straighten my hair because no one's hair looks like mine at school or no one has skin like mine. I have to actively teach her and say, wow, you know, her name's Jada. I'm like, Jada, your skin is so beautiful. And now she's three. She's like, mommy, my skin's so pretty. Look at it. And, you know, she knows she's brown. And like, these are things that we consciously have to almost overdo to make her feel so vibrant and so alive. And, love to be a little brown girl the way that she is and it it affects every single thing that we do um and it's something that we consciously always have to think about but needless to say after that I really felt not included after that conversation I remember I called my mom and I was like I don't think I can do this anymore I I just feel so not in the group I already felt like that but that just kind of topped it off and then to add insult to injury, when, you know, everything came out uh, with George Floyd and everything, they said nothing. I went on the blog on their Facebook page and I said, I wonder what they're saying about this now. Like, I wonder what's, what's going on. And there were a couple of other black girls and the women in the group. I wonder what they're saying. Nothing. There was nothing.
1: What hurt? Is it mm-hmm. safe to say it there? Um, they say it in their personal page, those black women?
0: They did, yes. So I could tell, yes, you're right, that they probably did not feel safe to say in that environment. But you know me, girl. I was like lighting people up. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, tell us about that part. Like, Yes, okay. I, I wrote them, and, you know, the essence of it was, how dare you not, how dare you be a group that represents moms and women Women and what we go through with young toddlers, and silence this moment that we're in right now. Like, mm. how dare you? Like, wh- maybe I missed something. I did give them the space to say, "Hey, maybe I missed a post, or there's another group that you guys have that I don't know of because I haven't been involved with in that group for so long." But how could you not? If this is a group about moms, how could we exclude or not say anything? And then I rem- I made sure shined a little light about that day where I left that group and my final day there. Um, Because I think that was important to tie that in and say, see, you guys as a mom group need to represent all the moms in a better way. And you're just not doing that. Now to their credit, a couple of people came back and said, okay, I'm so sorry, it's just uncomfortable. What makes us as black people or anyone who is kind of having um, their time for like it's, it's their moment for, you know, they're kind of going through the thing is when they feel dismissed. And what was hurtful in those comments, even when they were trying to support me, a lot of them said things like, I'm so sorry, I've just been so, had so much anxiety and I'm just going through so much with COVID and I'm chasing these toddlers and I'm trying to figure out homeschooling and, and, and I'm doing all these things. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I still have a business to run, checklist. I still have two toddlers to chase as I do this thing. Checklist. I'm stressed out about COVID. I have anxiety every time I go to the grocery store, even if someone delivers something to my door. Like I'm dealing with all the things that you're dealing with. So there's no to dismiss that and say, "Well, I still have to run my business, or I still have to do this, or I so so do we." Right?
1: Everybody that's in this, any everybody that's involved in this one way or another, those other things are still present for all of us, yeah, in shape or form.
0: Absolutely. And I have to answer to my child who, thank God, doesn't understand what's going on. But she's like, Mom, the police again? She, that's like her favorite thing to say because it's on, it's on the news all the time, especially during riots. So yeah. she's like, the police again, Mom? Did someone get in trouble? And, you know, just trying to figure out a way to explain that is, is difficult. And you know, finding the words without giving her too much because, you know, at her age, she still likes, she still thinks the police are a cool thing. She's like, you know, stop it or freeze. I'm going to arrest you type of deal. And I don't want to break her, her spirits, but I also know that this conversation is coming.
1: Right. Hopefully by the time she's older, that things might be a little bit different because I'm seeing real changes. I know yeah. these kind of changes aren't an overnight thing because again, it's in our mind. It's in, in the mind. It's in the beliefs. It's in the hearts of so many. Um, I saw someone today post on Facebook, which was interesting, a white man posted it and he said, just curious, leave your response. Do you feel uncomfortable when you see a Confederate flag? Now, I, most of the people writing on the post were white. So I'm like, but I <laughs> yes, I actually do. You know, Chanel and I have driven across country three times together. And when we get into the areas where it's Confederate flags and it's Trump signs, I'm feeling like we're not safe. Hey, as women, because these same people that don't have respect for Black bodies don't have respect for females' bodies, for exactly. them. It's like Something that's off there. So yeah. for me, I'm just like, I naturally see that, and that makes me feel like scared. Yeah. Can take on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm scared you know, as well, a Black woman. Absolutely. We had the same conversation
0: last night, also, because you know NASCAR and that whole thing's in the news about them changing the Confederate flags, but you know, I, and I don't know, maybe people will shame me for saying this, but Krell and I, when we see American flags in people, in the front of people's houses, we get nervous.
1: I, this is messed up. <laughs> I swear to God. I would say, I was questioning this this morning. <laughs> somebody's going to have some shit to say about this. <laughs> right. <it's laughs> so anybody that's hearing this and feeling triggered, just stay with us. Because yes, Exactly be here with this because you're hearing this from a black woman you're hearing this from me a white woman and um i live in this luxury place everything looks the same mm-hmm. and i was sitting having coffee in my happy space this morning and i noticed someone put a big american flag hanging from their balcony and i was triggered and yes. i with it i was like part of me wants to be like that shouldn't be there, <laughs> <laughs> but this why? there. and why am i being like that but there's a There's a reason why with all this happening right now and what we're asking the government to do, when I see someone being like, well, here's my American flag, I'm thinking they're like, keep America free, but I don't know.
0: It's very triggering.
1: Um, It's very triggering
0: because it it may mean a couple of things. In my neighborhood where, and just to give some perspective, if people are like from LA, like I live in Chatsworth, very teeny tiny. I grew up in LA my whole life and never really been to Chatsworth, right? very teeny tiny, very white. And there's a lot of very coarse, like very equestrian for some reason. Yeah. But it's yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's 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 a very there's a lot of pickup trucks with flags in the back of them. And that's triggering to me. Now I obviously am American. I obviously love my country, but I don't love what my country represents all the time. And that's what is triggering to me. Having a flag up to me doesn't mean that you're necessarily a racist, but it doesn't mean that you're not either. So when I see that sometimes, I think, okay, so you stand for America. Great. Perfect. But like, what part of America do you stand for? Because this is also the America that was so cool with having slaves for a long time and so cool with not having women's rights for a long time. And there's so many things that come with America that when you see that flag confederate, we already know where you stand. So that's obviously like, I, at that point, I'm gathering my children and we're gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: I feel like this is not a safe area.
0: <laughs> not safe at all. <laughs> because people are very blatant these days. And <laughs> if someone could call the cops on little, girls just for being in a pool or just for selling lemonade on a on the street you definitely might have something to say if you're holding a confederate flag or representing that so i'm out of there because i know for me my life may not be safe um but yeah i mean like i like i said i go to costco and i see flags on cars and i think especially with these pickup
1: trucks i'm like i just don't know I have that same thing so what is coming up for me is with us is we have this strong association with what that means you see a big ass pickup truck and a big american flag and i'm thinking like kind of extreme from the south right Like, like it's my own perception bias whatever so i have my own bias against white people but it's also what has what i always come back to and think about is um like looking at that judgment, but then also like I have friends from other countries that they're so proud to be in America now. So they're so yeah. cute. They have like the American socks. <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm like, maybe it's not that. But when I did see that this morning and in my, in my neighborhood, I was just like, in my community, I'm just like, I don't like that because I feel like you just put it up while all this is happening. Right. And it's a statement and it's just, it's very interesting. So it's interesting to notice all of these things. And like, I love coming back to America. I love when I land in LAX and I feel like, you know, coming back to these things. But there are systems that are definitely not working. Um, I don't know if you shared, if you saw what I shared yesterday about the national bailout, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. about bailing out black moms. So it's just like shining the light on how many black women are taking from, taking from their children. Yeah. Traffic tickets. I already know this because the war on drugs has put like so many blacks in prison and that's okay. a whole other thing mm-hmm. but like just to think of the amount of black women that are in jail right now away from their kids like all of this like systematic stuff that we don't even know to help like yeah. Is- yeah absolutely and you know that the fearful part
0: for us where we stand is that we know we are in a system that was not built for us mm-hmm. so for someone to say oh well you have the same rights as everyone else because you're American that is Not only triggering, it's like so offensive because, you know, and that's why I go back to you need to understand history. Because if you just go back on the history that you learned in high school or growing up, then you're only going to hear a version of the history that sounds like Christopher Columbus and Thanksgiving Day and a bunch of other things that may or may not be necessarily true, but are, you know, are coming from one perspective. What is life?
1: everyone, it's, it's a lie. That's one of the things they need to go and just overhaul all of that. Yeah, because we're just being taught this BS. And while I can remember such fun memories of dressing up as Pilgrim and Indian, I had no idea as like, yeah. you know, a second grader, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like it was just fun. And now when you look back at it and you start unpacking it, you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. To have these certain beliefs that would domesticate us, into the beliefs to go along with like American culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, it's so
0: huge. And I feel like I didn't really get a grasp on that until I went to college. And in college, I took black studies courses. Hmm. And then I've learned that there are so many, then I started to travel and like, I actually had the opportunity to take courses in other countries that have been colonized by white people. So it might be the Caribbean, but we're learning the history of the African presence mm-hmm. in the Caribbean or you know, in Cuba or in wherever. Um, but that is life-changing and I encourage if anyone's listening and has you know, children that they're raising, like, get them into different cultures, get them into learning history about other cultures Get them into really understanding more than what they're learning in history. That's school. But
1: the system. You know I mean? It was actually insightful for me. I yeah. was just talking about this the other day where I was like learning about how Africa, like African tribes were colonized, where people would go in and take over how they were giving birth and what yeah. they were doing. And it's like, that's just so. And like the way that people use forks and knives, and it's just like making everything their own.
0: Yeah, and not only that, you'll begin to understand the psyche behind the Black person. You know, like if, you know, as I just said, just only a few generations ago, my family was enslaved. So if that were the case, then that means that there is, in order to enslave someone, you've got to break them down to be less than a person. You have to make them believe that they no longer exist, that you have to strip them so our names were stripped, you know, um, and even to, uh,
1: and you know, you can watch that all thing. of your needs, desires, like this is Everything. like an abused, I mean, as an abused woman who was like, believed that I couldn't live without my abuser. It's like, you are, I wasn't a slave, but at the same time, it's like that level of like unworthiness, feeling trapped, like not having anything of your own, like your identity. Yeah, like it's it's a place where like an average person can't understand it. Right, exactly. And it's a, you know to that point, it
0: just made me think. It's the same thing as if you have been abused, and if I have never been abused, and I
1: say, "Well, just get out of the relationship." Right, that's what I think it's about it. it's like, but in that time, you don't think you can leave because that. But at that time, you really can't leave because everyone's looking for the black people to say, like, "What are you doing free?" Absolutely. You know, so. And if the system
0: already doesn't work for you, if the rules that were created for people are already against you when you're born, how is it so easy to leave? So when you say, you know, oh, like those people, they just want to do drugs and they just want to be lazy and they just want to be on welfare and just want to do that. It's like, well, really? Because (laughs) even when we try to work the system and we try to do the right thing, we still are gunned down. We still are you know there's drugs being sent to our neighborhoods. you know like we still have to fight this battle it 's always an uphill battle. so you know when the rules don 't work for you it 's like, well, what do you do? you know you, you just do the best you can and try to stay alive, but at the same time, you still have to have a voice, you still have to stand up, we still have to Um, teach our children not to go in the same direction. We still have to be around the people. We
1: still have to figure out how to be and and live. Right. And one thing that I remember from you, um, I think it's probably like, I don't know, maybe it was like between four to six years ago Mm -hmm. when you were sharing with me like when you were like looking for doctors when you were hiring business coaches like you're like I always want to hire black people yeah I remember you said that and I was like thinking about it after I left you that day because I was just like I never think like I just want to hire white people but I was (laughs) kind of like it just all my doctors were white except for one um and obviously I've had a lot of black mentors I don't know but like it's just thinking about those kind of things I never had to think about it and I remember watching Beyonce's homecoming and she was like, like on Netflix, for any of you that haven't watched it. And she was like, I want to get all black girl, all black, you know, drummers and, and everything. And at first, like, I think for a white person that can be triggering, like, well, why not like do everybody? Because, yeah. I, you know, like, I don't think like, I don't want to hire, I want to hire all white people. But it's like, now I so get it and support it. But I think for all white people, that hear that there's like an instant clap back of like, well, isn't this supposed to be about unity? Aren't we supposed to come together? But at the same time, like we need people in the black communities being like that. And now the white communities are starting to be like, we need to hire more black people because no one else is doing it. Yeah, it's so true. There is a reason why
0: we say black lives matter. It's not about excluding anyone else. It's because when someone else doesn't have a voice or someone else, we have to shine light on on the Black lives mattering at this point because we're not seeing other people getting gunned down. We're not seeing the same situation happening to other people. Of course I think all lives matter. Of course I do, of course. But that has nothing to do, right now we're
1: talking about the Black ones. <laughs> We're talking about- Excellent. We're trying to like recalibrate mm-hmm. in the American psyche that like everyone does deserve to be Absolutely. at the- And- yes. <laughs> you also educated me to speaking about the doctors, you brought this to my attention. And then after I started seeing it places, like the way that that happens is when you were, was it when you're having Jada? Was it your first pregnancy that you? Yes. Yes.
0: Um, I actually had a black doctor. He was a male, but I, when I had Jada, I had a black doctor still felt like I wasn't listened to a whole other topic about birth, but, um, <laughs> which, yeah, but I, I had a black doctor, um, And he was like, he'd been in the business for a very long time, but I knew I definitely wanted to go with a Black doctor immediately. Yeah. Second time around, when I had my son, I chose a Black woman, but I I had a midwife because I just felt like I need someone who looks like me, who understands from a woman's perspective and from just being a Black person. Um, But, you know, it's funny you say that about the doctors, you know, Everything like I I went to I went through therapy when I had it was Ayan, it was my son. So I started seeing a therapist because I did understand that the second time around when you have a kid, the chances of um, postpartum depression they say like kind of go up a little bit. So I was like, let me just make sure I'm mentally checked in and do all my you know, I'd like to do the work. Like having two kids <laughs> <get it> now. <laughs> exactly. And That was really hard for me. So I wanted to just check in and make sure that I was talking to someone about that. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a session where we talked about the importance of, you know, who you're talking to and being listened to. And my therapist shared with me that it's so important that Black women have like a Black therapist because there is a language that we speak that other people might not speak. So, for example, she was saying she had one client that she had inherited from another therapist because she had braids in her hair. And she said in therapy one day, Oh, you know, I was taking my, I was taking my braids out last night. And they wrote down in the notes that she was, she had a syndrome. I don't know what it's called. It's like a term for it. Where you pull, you pull your hair out and you start pulling your, your hair and they gave her that diagnosis. And she was like, what? well, to speak to another Black woman, we all know what it's like when we're like, okay, I got to take my hair down because we got a weave or something in there, <laughs> like, or there's braids, or there's something going on that we would have this cultural language about, so it's important to have someone that, you know, shares. Now, that doesn't mean that, like, I have other doctors that are, are not Black, but I do, A, want to support Black businesses, and B, want to have someone who understands and make sure that someone's not coming with any judgment or um, anything or just a lack of understanding for who I am culturally and as a person
1: right but also with that what what was like a wow to me was when you shared how black women are dying I mean I think this is becoming more of maybe it's in my awareness so that's why I know about it now but when you shared that with me, I was like, oh, I went home and was like Googling it. I'm like, let me look up this because this is, it was shocking to me. Yes, me too. So shocking that
0: actually I've been doing a lot of like side work on this very topic because I thought, you know, Sometimes the mom thing it's like such a big thing and you're like, oh my God, I want to do like a show about being a mom. And then you're like, okay, well now I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah. But that has that ever show, because there's <laughs> so much to talk about. <laughs> Seriously. But that statistic like hasn't left me. And What's that like, what is it now? Has it changed? Like now? I think it has changed and I don't want to misquote it, but it's something like it's something like 60% or something. And I'll, but maybe that's something like we can put in the show notes. I'll pull it up or whatever. Yeah. Um, but definitely it's a huge one and it's very necessary. And what I've learned is that there's so much fear from dying, from like my friends that are pregnant or just recently had babies. Like there is so much fear in that and, and not being listened to. Look at Serena Williams. Why? i didn't even see that that happened with her i'm just so at- she did the show in the show she talks about obviously very healthy woman right yeah so she the best doctors like because she's right best doctors so during the time that she was having her birth she started saying i can't breathe like my chest my chest hurts like and she was very in tune she's already very in tune now i think i remember hearing this Yes. And she spoke up and she kept saying like, no, 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 something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm not feeling right. Something's wrong. Well, thank God she advocated for herself because they kind of dismissed it a little bit um, before she started saying that. They're like, oh, you're fine. Sometimes it feels like that. and She's like, no, no, no. Something is, is wrong. Um, and she was able to advocate for herself, have a cesarean and luckily have a healthy baby. And she came out all right. But she was very ill even after that. And that is something that, you know, we experienced. The biggest difference that I had from having the home birth versus the hospital birth was everything was paid attention to and listened to. And it was constantly like, are you okay? How do you feel? Like, what's going through your mind? How's your headspace right now? And yeah. I was like, oh, guys, okay. This is great. <laughs> um really seen and heard in this yeah i'm like you guys are really like checking in on not just my
1: body but my mind i was like if i have another baby this is how i'm doing it but beyond yeah. that i think it's important to to share this like this back to the stats i tried to google it really quickly all yeah. i was see anybody listening like just do some work on this this is so important for us to know and to advocate and to support our our sisters that are black because it's happening at the best hospitals. I see that right now, Cedar sinai yeah. Hills, which is like where all the best of the best go to their thing, that there's a lawsuit against them for a black woman who died. Her husband was advocating for her, saying something was not right. I think yes. it was just in 2019, right? Or mm-hmm. if it was January of this year, it was recent. And I read that and I was like, that is so heartbreaking. If they would have just listened to what he was saying, but they were dismissing it, and because they dismissed it, she died. Absolutely. And the, the rate is something crazy. Like I said in 2018, it was two and two and a half more times a black yeah. woman is to die. That was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's been rising. Mm.
0: Insane. It, you were-
2: it,
0: Absolutely. And I think that people are starting to shine light on it more because that was the first time I, I had ever heard of it. I didn't even hear of it when I, was my first child, I heard it in my second and i thought what is that real and i thought maybe i was like maybe they just really want me to like pay for this midwife or something like and make sure that i stick with the program but it, it's a real thing and you know i started listening to a few of my friends and even a, one of my friends told me that she had been so judged um i think she's like in between work or something like that so her insurance changed and they kept asking her every time she went to the doctor um young black girl they're like have you done any drugs have you she's like what no I'm pregnant and like she said every time I went there they asked me am I doing any drugs who am I with do I smoke like not like do I smoke like weed (laughs) she's like all these things that she's like I'm like why would I do that and then um it was one time I think she got sick or something and they sent someone in to talk to her about um, not doing drugs and about safety and being at risk and she's like what are you guys talking about like I don't do drugs like not before not after so it's a lot of judgment that goes on it's a lot of um, you know just the way that we it's so it it always comes from the top like I say you know just it's so many generations of things that are just passed down that which is why it's so important for other people to advocate also
1: yes yes so there's just so much I mean we could talk about this forever because yeah. there's like there's just so much to to wrap it up in the, in the way of like moving forward progress for people that are listening right now i know for me i called kylie the other day when i was getting all the instagram hate like you're a performative ally i'm like this is not a performance <laughs> <laughs> this is draining <laughs> and like i am like doing it because i care about people but mm-hmm. whatever you're gonna think and i call kylie like but it's like we have to know who we are in this and we have to get clear of how we want to help moving forward but i want to hear from your perspective like what what are some things that we need to do collectively Um, like in our homes, in our businesses? Like, what's the first things that come to mind?
0: Sure. Um, You know, I try to think that everyone has, everyone's doing the best they can to be positive and to want to help. And um, I kind of just try to lead with that, the positivity on it. So I do believe that most people are trying. And um, I had this great emotional breakdown at a protest the other day because I said, look how many people are advocating for us. And I just couldn't, I couldn't breathe because I was just crying so much because of that. So keep doing that. Like the way that white people are showing up today is um, like, it feels so overwhelming. It's like so amazing to see. So that's number one. The other thing is, you know, if you see it on the low in your families, like you said, just nip it in the bud, like, just like we don't stand for other things, like, Let's not stand for it to be okay. Let's stand up for, let's cut people off. Let's not be afraid to dare and be risky. I mean, if we are talking to, you know, a lot of business owners, we know about risk. We know about reward. We know about standing up for things. So let's make this something that is important. Let's see what we can do. Let's fight the fight. Everybody might not feel comfortable though. And I, I sympathize with, feeling in that space of, I don't want to say too much, but I I want to say something. I get that. But even on the smallest level of just knowing like your voice matters and just you being authentic and saying like, I'm not going to stand for this. Just think of it as a human. It doesn't have to be calculated. It doesn't have to be anything. Just in human nature, you know what's right and what's wrong. So let's just lean on that. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, just Like I said before, just educating your children, educating your family members. You're not going to win every battle, but at least on our next generation, so that our kids don't have to deal with this or can see it in a different way. You know, that's huge. That's huge.
1: I love that. And I also will add to that, like for anybody that's in that space of, no matter what you say, some people are not going to like it and some people will. And I think that we have to get better at, just being okay with that, like what feels true for you. Yeah. And the more that we do that, we feel liberated in that. And I think I want to circle back and just end it, end it with this is that the friend that I told you, or not the friend, the client that I wanted to talk to her friend, she was holding it in for a very long time. So today she wrote in the group that she actually did reach out to the friend and that they had a good conversation and she feels better. Oh yeah. Cool. I think at the end of it is just remembering like all of these things are temporary like the Trump thing. Mm-hmm. Even if he comes for four more years, he's gone after that. Like he can't even if we want to. So it's like, there's things that are going to be moving and things that evolve and that we just have to keep returning to love. And remembering why we're doing this. I know that I felt separation in moments where I'm like, I can't deal with that person or I can't deal with this or I'm not, I don't want to look at this. And I can feel people getting frustrated with me even. And I'm like, at the end of the day, like why I show up and why I'm doing this and why I have you here is like, it's all on love. It's yeah. all about wanting people to be seen, heard, and wanting us to grow and evolve together so that we can be happier and healthier and feel good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think that's hugely important and just remembering that, you know, we can use our voice for so many things. Um, just by, you know, like you said, just holding a space open for people, even if you don't understand what they might be feeling. Yeah. That's huge.
1: All right. So I did ask Kylie, just so you all know, I wanted to promote her business. I always promote my friend's things and I think she got a lot of things in the works. <laughs> um, so she wanted to just keep it focused on this matter because that's, what's important. Um, but we are going to have her Instagram in the show notes. So you can go over and follow her. I know I just posted a photo and people were like, Oh my God, that photo is amazing. Kylie's wedding photos <laughs> your Instagram, we're like in a damn magazine. They were like so amazing. So I'll just say, like all of her photos are like. that. <laughs> my clients like writing on there. I'm like, I'm like oh, she got more where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing openly. And now I'm gonna think of you when I go see that flag down the street <laughs> <laughs> on <Down> the walkway. <laughs> um, but I love you and I honor you. And thank you for also educating me and being a safe space for me, because I know there's a lot of talk around that too, where like women are like, black women are like, I'm tired of explaining this. And it's like, white women are like, well, I want to know. So always, sure. always been that space for me. And um, I love you. Beyond yeah, nice you And thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's awesome what you doing. All right, miracle worker, I am so excited that we got to spend this time together. And beyond that, I'm grateful. It's a privilege to have you here with me. And I want to remind you that you are a miracle and you have direct access to infinite intelligence and you can open up to a radical, unbelievable, supernatural transformation in your life and business. Just that thought in itself can take hold in your subconscious and create beautiful change. And that's exactly why I'm challenging you to share this with someone you love today. You never know how one podcast, one message, one video can change the trajectory of someone else's life. And you get to have that kind of momentum in the universe. So take a moment and forward this on to someone you love. And if you feel really excited about it, share it with your Facebook, share it with your Instagram, share it with people and get them to listen as well. Know that the universe always pays you back for the good you put out into the world. So go ahead and get your miracle. Until next time, keep shining, keep showing up, and stay open.